continue worshiping this morning, we invite you to turn in your Bible or Bible apps to the words of the Gospel according to John, the 15th chapter, beginning in the ninth verse. Let us receive the word of God. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one is greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I've called you friends because I've made you made known to you everything that I've heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commandments so that you may love one another. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Let's pray. God, for this time together, we give you thanks. Teach us what you'd have us to know. And we are grateful. In the name of the one who calls us friend, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Y'all, I love Marianne Williamson. She is uh, an amazing educator, and she said these words. In every community, there is work to be done. In every nation, there are wounds to heal. In every heart, there is the power to do it. And so that really connected with me as we continue to read the words that Jesus is sharing on his farewell tour. Um, and he is sharing these words to those whom he loves. So last week we talked about vines and branches and connectivity and how that connectivity is God's plan that we should move into beloved community. Jesus continues this discussion by calling the listeners to abide and to keep in verse 9, he reminds us that the Father has loved him, and so he loves us, and he calls us to abide in that love. He says, just as I have kept my father's, my parents' commandments, and abide in his love, I've said this so that you'll have joy, and that that joy might be complete Abiding is best described as staying in a place long enough to soak it in. Jesus wants us to do just that in Jesus's love. To be covered and surrounded by it so much the, that it is our main focus. It brought to mind to me this iconic picture of Muhammad Ali, the amazing boxer and humanitarian as he is preparing for his next boxing match. He was young and strong and 
you know, he could always tell you how wonderful he was. <laughs> but in this photograph, he is submerged in water and he is in a boxer's stance. He's not fighting the water. He's not attempting to tell the water what to do. He is simply abiding in the water. If you can abide in something, it stands to reason that it's too big for you to control, that by its very nature, because you are submerged in it, you're in it. That's the love that God offers to us. And God is calling us, Jesus on his farewell tour is calling us to share it and to remind us that it's for all of us. It's not that warm and fuzzy idea of love, even though I love that stuff. For some reason, I got really into watching Hallmark Channel's movies. I don't know what that's about. But anyway, it's not that, even though that is worthy. But it's agape love. It's God's love. It's coming from God. It's important to set that tone for what this love looks like because we can treat this love like we treat vacations, only for special occasions, only at certain times and for only a certain amount of people and only for a span of time. That's not what this love is. This is the enduring, ever-present, ever-giving love of God. The people who are hearing this message in the text are a Christian community near the end of the first century CE or in the year of our Lord, as we would say. And they are dealing with this growing opposition of Roman Empire, and they're also having conflicts with Jewish synagogue members. But I don't, I want to give us that context because we can't separate the context from the message. And so here is this community that are dealing with political and community implications for this call to love. Some would say that politics has absolutely nothing to do with the messages that Jesus offers to us today. Let me remind you of the person who's talking. It's a guy who got killed by the political powers that be and all the other people who were in political, who are in other places of power, the religious powerful people, cheered them on while they did it. And so we are called to keep this same idea of, of love, even in places that are tough, places that where we say it doesn't belong, that's exactly where it's supposed to be. Here is this gentleman who is coming from oppressed people. And so how we care for oppressed people in 2021 is, uh, is directly connected to that. How we vote, what our state and community and national budgets pay for, how we, uh, uh, who we are uh, attempting to exclude from receiving justice, what we teach our children about the institutions in our country and in our world, it all impacts what Jesus is saying about love. 
there's a um, there's a there's a, a game that I mean I don't know if, if people still children still play this game um, when they go on these uh, group outings you know go to camp and all that other kind of stuff but when I was little a long time ago um, we played this game I can't even remember what it's called but I can tell you what we did the teacher would come up with a sentence the black cat walks across the tin roof at night and there would be 20 of us and she would whisper in the ear of the first student the message and by the time it gets to the 20th person and she says what did the 19th person tell you that I said it has turned into the gray dog walked underneath the ground in the middle of the day it just turns into something totally different. In a lot of ways, and it saddens me to say this, we've taken what Jesus has said, added to it, subtracted from it, and made it something that was never the message. Jesus is calling us to love it doesn't say who to love, how to love, uh, what, what they should look like before we love them, what, who they should love before they love, who they should worship before we love them. It doesn't say any of that. None of that. And we seem to be able to add and subtract according to this uh, uh, attempt to control something that we're called to abide in. And to attempt to do that is as silly as Muhammad Ali in that picture attempting to control the water he was in. It's too big. And it doesn't even belong to us. It is a gift that God gives to us. It is God's love. First John 4 reminds us, God is love. And those who abide in, in God abides with them. We love because he first loved us. And so that's the call, friends. And now Jesus, as Jesus was prone to do, <laughs> turns it up a notch. Verse 12 through 14, ooh, we. I was like, uh-oh. It says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No greater love is this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Oh, good grief, Jesus. We were doing so great. You gave us the agape love. We were like, this is great. Oh, thank you so much for this gift. And now... You're calling us to share that same love with one another? And not as we love ourselves, but as you have loved us? Whew. I don't know, Jesus. I don't know. It sounds, a little, sounds a little tiring. When you say love one another, exactly who are you talking about? Now, I'm sure that we can easily respond and say, well, everyone, of course. Of course, that's what Jesus means. Jesus means everyone. Love them as Jesus loves us. Cool, easy, simple, we got it. 
if we were honest with ourselves, it's a hard thing to do sometimes. And we find ourselves wanting many times as we attempt to do what Jesus, the one who calls us friend, has asked us to do. I propose this to you. When it's time to do the loving, who are we quick to erase from the list of everyone? Who are those folks? I would challenge us to lean into actually loving them the way Jesus loves us. Now, does that mean be a doormat? No. Does that mean suffer abuse? No, never. Does that mean that? But it does mean to call on the love that God has given to us. It, it, it really does take, it really is not going to be something we can do under our own willpower. Thank God for, for spirit. Thank God for spirit. And not the airlines, but God's spirit. Thank God for spirit that nudges us when we don't know how to, to love, shows us when we can't quite figure out what to do to, to show this love. Ask God, how can I show love today? And not to those places and spaces that are easy, but to the ones that challenge us because that's how we grow in this love, right? Jesus is calling us to do this because he's building community. And in order to do that, we must make sure that we're not quick to take somebody's name off the list because we don't like how they gender themselves, because we don't like their skin, because we don't like how they vote, because we don't like where whatever, because they don't live in our community, speak our language, love who we love. Do, what no, Everybody means everybody. So all means all, right? God will give us what we need to perform that love. Will we always get it perfectly? Well, no, we won't. We're going on to perfection. But if we position ourselves to be open to that love and what that love has the power to do, we will be amazed at what God can do. We will be amazed at the, at the walls God can bring down. But we've got to be willing because our friend told us, how do we show our friend that we love him? Follow his command. What was the command? To love others as he has loved us. And so he moves forward to tell us that he doesn't call us servants anymore because the servant doesn't know what the master's doing, but he calls us friends because we've known everything. He has made known everything he has heard from God. Everything. 
Wait, I was like, wait, Jesus, I didn't know I knew that much. <laughs> but apparently I do. Again, I thank God for spirit. Um, it, it brought to mind to me a, um, my, my brother. Um, I have a, a brother who I can call younger brother, but he's only 10 months younger than I am. Hey, Al. And the night before Christmas, usually as little kids did, we went to bed because, you know, we had a really big chimney. Our parents told us a really great story. We believed it. <laughs> and we went to bed. In the middle of the night, I hear a voice that sounds like one of my parentals. So I tiptoe down into the room, into the living room, and I peek through the door. And I see my father in the midst of doing what parents do in the middle of the night at that point in time in the year. Little children, close your ears. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for you. And so I figured it out. Oh. And I went right into the room where me and my brother, we shared a room at that time. We were little. And I said, dude, guess what? I just figured out. Let me tell you what the truth is here. <laughs> and I told him. Because if I know something, I figured he should know it too. Hmm. Because he's my friend. I love him. And I don't want to keep anything from him. Jesus has just said, I love you. You're my friend. I don't want to keep anything from you. So you know everything that I know. And not only that, we're not friends because somebody forced Jesus to make us his friend. He chose us. He chose us with all of our baggage and all of our stuff and all of our ways of dividing each other. He chose us. And called us that we might go and bear fruit and not fruit just for ourselves. Uh-uh. Fruit that's going to last. Fruits that, fruit that's going to last. That's a great indicator for whether or not we're heading in the direction that brings beloved community. Is this going to last? Am I going to be the only person to eat this fruit or is this fruit going to last throughout generations? On this day in which we celebrate parenting. Isn't that what we want for our children? We set them up to make sure that they have the greatest education. We set them up so they'll have the greatest opportunities. We make sure that they go to the best schools, the best colleges. We talk to their teachers. God bless all of those who've been teaching their kids this year at home. <laughs> we, we do all that we can so that they will bear tangible fruit that lasts. And Jesus is asking us, about this fruit that's going to last throughout generations, not just not just mater, um, monetary things, but spirit, community. Will we raise people 
who are seeking to build beloved community, who will love as Jesus has called them to love. That's the fruit that's going to last. That's the fruit that's going to last. And so here is our friend telling us that this is the direction that he wants us to go. And that we are his friends, no longer servants, because servants don't know what's happening. But he's opened our eyes to see where he wants us to go. And so as an African proverb puts it, if you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And friends, we've got a long way to go. And the good news is we get to go together. Let us pray. God, for beloved community, for this call you have placed on our lives to love as you have loved us, to love everyone as you have loved us, we give you thanks. We pray, God, that by your spirit, we will share that love, this great love that we have the joy of abiding in, that we would share this love as you have called us to do. May it be so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.